for school you might miss some lessons my mother is like the queen of too cool for school and not on some snobby high up on the pedestal better than you man I just she doesn't really care she got to experience a lot of incredible things partying with famous people and rock stars and lots of elegant jewelry and clothes and traveled and got to do all this shit and um you know none of it really mattered to her things that mattered were Things that, you know, importantly matter to most of us, family, friends, um, health, shit like that. But nonetheless, none of that shit really impressed her, I guess is what I should say. And the wee snake man, myself, um, your host on Damaged Goods Podcast, you know, some people might have thought at times I was too cool for school or snobby. Um, which I guess, you know, maybe they kind of run in the same lane. Before I had LASIK eye surgery, yes, I have LASIK eye surgery. I got crazy good vision. You can't hide shit from me. It's 2015. Um, before I had LASIK eye surgery, I had bad far away vision. I don't know. Is that is that nearsighted, farsighted? I don't really know. But anyway, from far away, reading, you know, uh, road signs or subtitles on a movie or recognizing somebody's face from afar, especially in a dark place, was difficult for me. Uh, definitely resulted in making some, you know, mistakes with the ladies here and there. Uh, once I had my vision corrected, I was like, holy shit, I might have been slipping here and there. <laughs> but, um, but you know, some heads would think I was kind of snobby or too cool for school, especially during my music career. You're in a dimly lit music venue or an event or a show. I wouldn't recognize somebody uh, until they were close. So from afar, people were probably looking at me. I couldn't recognize them, couldn't tell who they were, so I said nothing. And heads probably thought I was a dick or especially other artists or people in the industry you know, they, they think, oh, Snake Man thinks he's this or that. You know, they thought I was a dick. Uh, I was just blind, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm, I'm not snobby about music, uh, not being as an artist or just as a fan. This is an art I hold dear to my heart. It was my career, you know. Um, I don't like a couple genres of music. I think I've been vocal about a few on here. But overall, I'm not snobby about it, you know. I don't get down on somebody, jump down their throat about who they like, even if it's something I think is whack. It, you know, I'm not snobby about it. I'm not snobby about food. I am, however, Jake the Snake is, however, a wee bit, a little tad snobby about movies, film, cinema. Uh, if you say words like film and cinema describing movies, kind of already, you know, says that you're a little snobby. But uh, I, I don't know where it originated, but I took film classes in college. I worked in this indie video store in JP, Jamaica Plain, Boston, when, you know, renting videos and DVDs was still a thing. And I learned more about different, you know, indie films, foreign shit, classics. Uh, so I, I appreciate great films. I appreciate um, great movies. I appreciate great soundtracks to these movies. Scores and soundtracks, you know, they're different. Um, scores usually are just instrumental and they're to kind of enhance or fit the vibe of the scenes at the time. And soundtracks also, you know, have the songs played in the movie, but do it, serve a different purpose. But both enhance the movies, and sometimes, in the case of soundtracks, can overshadow them. Sometimes a soundtrack is more popular than the movie itself. And so, with uh, no further delay on this episode of Damaged Goods Podcast, I'm doing a little top five original motion picture soundtracks of all time. Top five movie soundtracks ever, ever, ever. Um, 
And, you know, there's a lot of great soundtracks that I'm not going to have listed here because this is original motion picture soundtracks, music that was made for the movie. There's a lot of great fucking soundtracks that have compiled music that has already existed or was out, you know, like Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, the RZA curated that great soundtrack, Saturday Night Fever, Boogie Nights, Drive. I fucking love the soundtrack to Drive. Those are great, but those weren't necessarily all constructed for the movie or the songs weren't available first on a movie soundtrack. So those won't be in my list. And before I proceed with the actual list, um, this is like a disclaimer or whatever, I'm doing a second part to this, a whole episode about the top five black exploitation movie soundtracks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, because so many of those that would fall on that list would be on here too, it's, it's almost like a special, unique genre of music in its own because in this time in the 70s you had these ill-ass soul artists who are you know some of them in the apex of their careers making the original music for a film like you know the whole thing and it would give it a real cohesive feel a vibe to the movie and the music some of these these dudes were, were turning out for these soundtracks is incredible so i got a whole special one of that coming <clears throat> so nobody needs to jump in here being like we left out superfly or something calm down dude it's gonna be its own separate thing uh, this is just going to be the original motion picture soundtrack movies that were not black exploitation movies of the 70s. So let me drink a little water here because I'm quite parched, as you might hear. <clears throat> it's hot in L.A., dude. It's hot as balls. It's like 95 degrees, and I just got back from an 11-day surf road trip in Mexico that was also quite hot and humid and dry and all the things together just, you know. So the snake man's drying out. But uh, let, me, let me get into these soundtracks for you guys, um, and if you disagree or whatever, that's that's great. It's why music is beautiful. It's art. It's subjective. You can hit me up and tell me why you think something is, you know, wrong, didn't belong there, or something that does belong there. I didn't list, and it's tough, man. There's a lot. Of, I mean, I think the core of this list makes sense to most people, but there's a ton of fucking dope soundtracks that came out, especially in the '90s when I was young. Um, the 90s is often regarded by, by film connoisseurs. Listen to me sounding like a fucking dickhead <laughs> on my own podcast. Uh, the 90s is often you know, known as maybe the second best decade of movies. The 70s usually gets that. And the 90s, a lot of indie movies, indie directors really uh, broke out in the 90s. And in their films would be these great soundtracks. Um, but there's so many. I, you know, I trimmed it down to these five. Maybe your favorite was number six just didn't make the snake man's top five maybe it was 17 who knows but anyway these are mine and uh i'm gonna you know explain to you why they're dope and if you're not familiar with any of this shit go fucking i guarantee you most of these are on any streaming platform you have what do you do the title thing you do the spotify you do apple music whatever you do maybe you're like me and you buy these on vinyl so you can get all stoned out and spacey and just let the vinyl rock and it all sounds warm and thick and fuzzy um but here are my top five starting with numero five number cinco Above the Rim soundtrack. The Above the Rim film uh, came out in 1994. And it's uh, different than some of these other ones. It has various artists. It's not one artist doing the entire original soundtrack. Various artists. But uh, most of these, if not all, were unreleased before the film. And some of these were big fucking same. There's hits, huge hits. Regulate by Nate Dogg and Warren G. Huge song. Afro Puffs by The Lady of Rage. Huge song. Uh, there's a Tupac sleeper on there. I mean, it's not a super sleeper, but not one of his more well-known songs, but one I love, Pour Out a Little Liquor. And Tupac also starred in the film, a theme that you'll see in some of these. 
other ones on the list. But uh, these songs banged hard that year. I must have been 12 years old. And I just remember this summer, like, you know, if you were watching Yo MTV Raps or MTV, whatever the countdown shit was, it would always be these couple songs from this. And, and it was just fucking knocking. And, you know, East Coast dude, this West Coast shit especially was really hitting hard. And they kind of helped pave the road that was already being paved, uh, helped pave it even more for the Death Row sound at the time and some more West Coast artists, but really, you know, helped cement that. Um, and, you know, the film was great. Little New York street ball, tournament, criminality, scandal shit. You should peep it. Go check that shit. Number four. Uh, number four is a big one, and some people might be upset it's not in the top three, but, you know, here it is. Number four, The Bodyguard. Original motion picture soundtrack. Whitney Houston does the entire soundtrack. And this film came out in 1992. And Whitney, like in the previous film, Above the Rim, she stars in the movie The Bodyguard, but she does the entire soundtrack. This is, I believe, still the best-selling soundtrack of all time to any movie. I think it was the first thing to sell a million copies in a week. I mean, you had hits like I Will Always Love You. I'm every woman. I have nothing. I mean, don't make me break out and attempt to sing one of these right here. Um, in, in this year, 1992, these songs were inescapable. Everywhere, dude, they were fucking playing these songs. And the movie's pretty good, too. You know, Kevin Costner, he's kind of still riding on the hive of, of a few of his good movies before he kind of, you know, he teetered a little bit on the brink of not-so-good flicks. But, uh, and Whitney Houston does a great job, and it's a fun flick, but the fucking soundtrack, she killed it, dude. Um, and these are fucking ballads, bangers, you know, look groovy. It's it's a it's definitely worth listening to. I love Whitney Houston. Um, she rocks. And Bobby Brown, you know, Boston Roxbury connection only makes me appreciate it more, uh, regardless of what their relationship entanglements were. Um, but the flick is good too. These are you know it's all about the soundtracks and the music here. But all of these movies I'm gonna discuss are, are good movies. They're worth the watch, especially when you're watching it and you're hearing the music in there too. Sorry, drinking a little more to cleanse the palate. Number three, the movie Thief. Thief is a 1981 movie um, directed by Michael Mann, who some of you will know did Last of the Mohicans, uh, Heat, uh, The Insider, so many great flicks. And this, this movie stars... Um, James Kahn, I'm sorry, I'm oing, spacing out. James Kahn, he's a you know a Chicago thief trying to get out the game. Classic kind of criminal movie, but he's got to do one last heist, one more. But the soundtrack, and the movie's great. It's a very stylish movie. Early Michael Mann films, they have this neon kind of ill-lighting, very unique visual style at the time he was doing. Um, and the soundtrack is provided by the German group Tangerine Dream. This was their second soundtrack. I think it was like their... 14th, 15th uh, musical release, but their second soundtrack. So their feet are a little wet. They know what they're doing on the soundtrack tip. And it's a super stylish sound for a super stylish movie. Uh, no big singles, no radio breakouts. This is almost more of a score. You know, it's all instrumental, but it has, the movie itself has a vibe and this music gives it a double, triple vibe. It enhances it so much. It's great to zone out to. I was very lucky a couple years ago in L.A. at a record store that will remain nameless. Uh, I came across the soundtrack. It was quite expensive to get the original pressing version, but in good, good condition, and I can listen to it on vinyl, and sounds fucking incredible. Tangerine Dream is no joke. Check out their other shit, but the Thief soundtrack to the movie is incredible. Really good, and it totally fits. It sounds neon. You know, when you, when you watch it, you're hearing neon as well as seeing it. 
Um, very ill on the sounds. All right, number two, we're getting down there. I know some of you are like, what, you didn't say this one yet? I don't know why all my complainer uh, comment people are sounding like weird surfers, but yeah, he didn't put this one. Don't worry, it might be in one or two. Maybe it didn't make the list. You know, tough shit. Number two, The Harder They Come. The Harder They Come was a 1972 film, a Jamaican film. Um, it stars Jimmy Cliff, who also is the you know major artist on the soundtrack, although he helped curate the songs too. There were some songs that he didn't write or perform that are on there that were maybe only available in Jamaica as singles, but he curated those along with the songs he did and put them on the album and you know got to expose them worldwide. Artists like Desmond Decker, Toots and the Maytals, Maytals, sorry, um, and more. And uh, the movie was a big impact. You know, a lot of people credit it with helping introduce the sounds of reggae and and shit to the you know the Jamaican sound, as they would say, to the world. You know, Bob Marley's doing his thing, but this is now on film. We're watching it. We're watching the experiences that you might be hearing in all these other artists. So it's kind of putting face to the name, visuals to the, to the stories and the sounds, which I think was a big part of kind of connecting it with people. Um, the rude boy character that he portrays in it, um, is, you know, it's like one of your tragic heroes or anti-heroes, if you will. It's a great flick, but the songs, man, I mean, so many songs you know off this album, and it definitely helped make reggae on the forefront of, of music worldwide. It wasn't like this funky little sound that some people like. Now you got these big hits, and it shows that you know it can, it can stand up with with a with a film and, and reach the masses all over the realms of the world, the realms of the world. What a pretentious fucking statement, Snake Man. Listen, maybe with the LASIK and all that, I still am a little bit of a prick sometimes, with my wording. Forgive me. All right, we're getting ready for Numero Uno, dude. The big fucking Kahuna. Um, maybe this should not surprise you. Maybe it would, I guess. But the number one, Jake the Snake. Original motion picture soundtrack of all time is also by perhaps one of my favorite, maybe my favorite musical artist ever. It's Purple Rain by Prince. I mean, dude, this is a fucking legendary film, legendary soundtrack. 1984 movie also stars Prince, uh, aside from him doing the whole fucking soundtrack, a theme that we've seen in a few of these other ones. You know, he's, he stars in it, but he also does the whole fucking soundtrack. And in the movie, and not just the music playing in the background, but if you've seen the movie, it's the story of a up-and-coming musician in Minnesota struggling in the game, you know. It's the original 8 Mile. If you've seen 8 Mile, the Eminem movie, um, this is 8 Mile before 8 Mile. But it's in Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, and it's Prince. And it's Purple Rain, dude. These are fucking legendary hits, like the song Purple Rain. When Doves Cry, I Would Die For You, which is like my second or third favorite Prince song. But this is one artist doing it all, and it makes it coherent. It, this is like a score, but it also has these standout fucking hits. Sometimes when you're making the score of a movie, like I was describing earlier, maybe with the, the Thief soundtrack with Tangerine Dream, these are not you know, standout singles that are going to get some FM radio play or get spun at you know, your cousin's wedding. Uh, this is instrumental stuff that kind of enhances the scenes of the movie. Prince was able with Purple Rain to enhance all the movie, the storyline, the scenes with these songs, because it played into the to the storyline, he was a musician in the fucking movie. But then these are fucking epic, huge hits that, regardless of how commercially successful they are, they're still dope. The most too cool for school motherfuckers would still like these because they're fucking undeniable. And as honorable mention 
Um, this soundtrack might not have been in the top 10, but an honorable mention to an original motion picture soundtrack is Prince's soundtrack to Batman, the first Tim Burton Batman starring uh, Michael Keaton as Batman and Jack Nicholson as the Joker, uh, which is, you know, there's all these different reincarnations of Batman movies. The, the two Tim Burton ones, Batman and Batman Returns, I think, they were, they kind of had this campy vibe, but were still dark and it was, they're fun. They're in their own lane. You know, Tim Burton's got his visual outlook on shit, and he, he gave it a great twist. And the legend goes that they, meaning maybe the fucking movie studio, maybe Tim Burton, I don't know who, but somebody approaches Prince to do a song for the soundtrack. They're working on it. Prince says, no, I won't do a song for the soundtrack. I'll only do a song for the soundtrack if I can do the whole fucking soundtrack. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if he swore like that. Said the fucking. That's just me. So they agree, and now Prince is doing the whole soundtrack. He wanted to, so it gives the 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 movie a coherent sonic element. Now you know he's tying it all in. You know, and some of the songs play throughout the movie. My favorite is the scene when Jack Nicholson, the Joker, has got um, Kim Basinger's character, whose name in the movie is escaping me, meets him at some um, you know fancy museum. Joker and his Goons, his hooligans, his cronies, they come in and they're trashing all this fine art, throwing paint on it and doing all this weird shit and they're playing this Prince song in the background and then Make Way for the New King in Town is the name of the song. There's probably a music video and then Batman eventually comes crashing through the ceiling lights and you know, ruins the fucking museum even more and they fight over the art pieces and what have you. And then he escapes with Kim Basinger and the Joker, Jack Nicholson, has a very classic line. Uh, after the Batman shoots his fucking little grappling hook joint up on the thing and escape, he says, where does he get such wonderful toys? I loved the movie as a kid. The soundtrack was fucking epic, so I had to give the honorable mention to the Prince uh, movie soundtrack there. I love these movies. Uh, I love these soundtracks. There's movies I love more than these movies that didn't make it, maybe because the soundtrack or the score just wasn't there. Some of them weren't original. They were compiled from all these previously released songs. So don't jump down my fucking throat. But I am going to do a, a part two to this, which is the top five black exploitation film soundtracks, because those are in their own league. They're in a whole other league. Musically superior. Uh, two out of five of those are like my favorite albums ever. And it was just a unique time for the music and the movies together. It really, you know, you know it synced up well. Um, follow me on social media at Jake Frazek, at J-A-K-E-F-R-A-C-Z-E-K, at Damaged Goods Podcast, at J the S on Twitter. My books, Quicksand and The Waiting Room are out now, available everywhere, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, ebook, audiobook. The audiobook of The Waiting Room is coming soon. Quicksand, audiobook already out now. Uh, subscribe to the podcast or just leave a rating, a review. That helps. I never say that on here because I guess I'm too cool for school, but I'm not. Dude, you take me to eat at a fucking shack on the side of the road or, um, you know, a super baller Michelin-starred restaurant. Either way, I'm cool. I ain't too cool for school with food. I ain't a snob with food. I'll eat your aunt who can't cook food and with a smile on my face. Music, same way. Film, I'm, you know, I'm not sitting around with you watching those Ocean's Eleven movies or the fucking Fast and the Furious movies, guys. I will be fast and furious to get out the fucking door.